Hi, this is Nancy Herald, and welcome to my show, High Road to Humanity. In every episode, I tell you powerful true stories filled with great wisdom that you can use in your own life as you strive for a higher road to travel. My featured guests will have their own unique stories to tell that enlighten your mind and your soul. So kick back, relax, and learn the secret to success when you take the high road. Hi, this is Nancy Yerald, and welcome to High Road to Humanity. And we have a really interesting guest today. Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer, is here today. And he's been on the show before, but he's come back, and I'm so glad he did. And we're going to talk about his book today, Never Letting Go, Heal Grief with help from the other side. And it's a really good book. And we're going to talk about that today. But before I bring Mark on, I want to talk about the state of humanity. Now I pulled this up on the internet not too long ago, this whole situation with the election. And this is from the AP. Washington Attorney General William Barr has authorized federal prosecutors across the U.S. to pursue substantial allegations of voting irregularities if they exist before the 2020 presidential election is certified, despite no evidence of widespread fraud. Now, Barr's action comes days after Democratic Democrat Joe Biden defeated President Donald Trump and raises the prospect that Trump will use the Justice Department to try to challenge the outcome. It gives prosecutors the ability to go around longstanding Justice Department policy that normally would prohibit such overt actions before the election is certified. And all I'm going to say about this is that, um, you know, we really need to make sure that things are done properly here in the United States because my feeling is if they don't check and make sure everything goes okay. We're going to have the same issue next time because it seemed like we had this issue last time. And the only really thing we have in our democracy is honesty. So, um, you know, we have to be honest and we have to know that our vote counts and we have to count on the people who count them. So I, I, I don't know. It's, um, I think it's a good thing that they're doing this, but that's what's going on in humanity. Now on the upside, Looks like, I got this from the BBC, looks like the COVID, we finally got a coronavirus vaccine. Looks like they're getting there. It says the quest for an effective vaccine against COVID-19 has seen a significant step forward with the announcement of milestone results. Preliminary findings show a vaccine developed by Pfizer and BioTech can prevent more than 90% of people from getting COVID. So um, this is pretty exciting. They're, they're the first to share their data from the final stages of testing known as phase three trial. So this is a crucial point in vaccine development uh, where some experimental vaccines will fail. This vaccine used a completely experimental approach, which involves injecting part of the virus's genetic code into people in order to train the immune system. I don't know. That sounds kind of weird to me. So we'll just have to stay tuned and see what happens with that. But it looks like they're coming up with a vaccine. And I have my thoughts on that too, on, 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 on the whole COVID thing, but they're working on it. So that's a positive thing for humanity. Um, so before I bring Mark on, he's been on before, but let me tell you a little bit about him. He is uh, Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer and the psychic explorer, aka psychic attorney and psychic adventurer, is a world-renowned fourth-generation science-based evidential psychic medium who communicates with spirits. He is the author of the critically acclaimed Amazon and spiritual bestsellers, Never Letting Go and Evidence of Eternity. Now, Mark's credentials and experience are unparalleled in the paranormal world. He's an Oxford-educated trial attorney licensed to practice before the United States Supreme Court, 
In England, he studied mediumship at the prestigious Arthur Finley College for the Advancement of Psychic Science. Now, Mark has been on a guest on ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, television, um, on major talk radio shows such as Coast to Coast AM, Darkness Radio, Sirius XM. Hey, welcome to High Road to Humanity, Mark. Thank you, Nancy. It's great to be back. It's good to see you and to all your audience. Uh, thank you for, for listening today and tuning in. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. You know, this book was really good. Um, Heal Grief with Help from the Other Side. And, you know, this book, talk to me about why you wrote it or why you felt the need to write it. I feel like we don't deal with death so well here in the United States, our society. Is that kind of what your deal was? or? Uh, absolutely, we don't. Uh, you know, there are some, I don't think any human being really deals with death all that well because it's, it, it changes your life. It pulls the rug right out from under you. And yes, we all know that people we love are going to die. We all know that uh, we are going to die. And, but when it happens, it, it's just so crushing. Mm -hmm. And one of the quotes that I have in the book is, it comes from, uh, I was raised in the Catholic faith. I wouldn't really consider myself Catholic. I consider right. myself a universalist. I listen to um, all of the religions, all the faiths, because I believe that the, the, to, to, uh, to parody the X-Files, the truth is out there. <laughs> but, and, and, and certainly it is. Yeah. But my, one of my good friends, uh, Father Sonny, he said that grief is the price of love. Yeah. Because we grieve as deeply as we have loved. Right. And I remember when he said that to me, and I go, but it hurts so bad, Father Sonny. He said, yes, Mark, but a life without love isn't much of a life at all. Right. And when I wrote Never Letting Go, and, and to answer your question directly, and, and the problem is whenever you ask a lawyer a question, if you ask a lawyer, what time is it? We tell you how to build a clock. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, I'm really glad you're talking about this because, no, and I read that quote in your book and I thought it was one, uh, it was a really, really good quote. Um, you talk a lot about um, what it's like to connect with your loved ones after they've passed. And I think it's neat because you go into the book and you talk and you tell people how and how to pay attention to the signs and stuff like that. That's very important. And, and that is why I wrote Never Letting Go. What had happened is I was practicing law full time okay. and, uh, and my mother had passed. Right. Un uh, abruptly, unexpectedly. And it, it, you know, when I, when I look back on, on what happened is the day before she died, and I had no clue that she was going to pass. I mean, she looked right. fine because... And yeah. I want to interject something really quick. You were really close to your mom. Yeah, we were very close because she was a medium. Both right. my parents were mediums. And right. I, had a, I, you know, I had a good relationship with my parents. We got along. You know, awesome. We were friends, too. We'd do, we'd do stuff together. And I was sitting in my law office, and I was really hungry, and I started thinking about spaghetti. Okay, now I'm of Italian descent, so you know, we think about spaghetti. Right. And I, I just decided to call my mom. And, okay. and uh, she said, hey, Mark, I made spaghetti for lunch. Why don't you come over? Okay. And so I did. And it was great. And I went over and I, I saw that she looked a bit tired. My dad was there and, and uh, we had lunch together and we were laughing and talking. And um, on, as I got up to leave, she said, Mark, I want to talk to you. And she, she said, I'm so happy that you've been my son. Oh and my she gosh. hugged me and kissed me. And I said, I love you too, mom. 
And, you know, and I thought, well, I mean, we, you know, we, we always hugged and kissed. and my brother, sister, my, you know, my family were, were very tactile. But when I left, I just had this ominous feeling. And the next morning when I was in court, the judge's assistant uh, came into the courtroom and said, Mark, we got to see you right now. And then I got the call that uh, she had passed unexpectedly. And so I was devastated. And, you know, when people say, well, you're a, a psychic, you should have seen that coming. You know, being psychic, being a medium gives you insights into right. things. It does not make one all knowing and all seeing. Right. I agree. And yeah. And, and about two weeks after mom passed and I was devastated, I was driving uh, from the courthouse back to my office and I was running a law firm at the time. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I knew I needed to pull over and, and I pulled over into this little strip mall and I sat there and I was just so, so upset. So I'm sitting here in my car all by myself and all of a sudden this flash of light fills the car. And mm-hmm. I look to the, the passenger side and I see the silhouette of my mother in this silver white light. And I hear her voice fill my head. And she said to me, Mark, you've been given the gift of mediumship so that you would not be crushed by grief. Now you must help those who are suffering with theirs. Right. And wonderful. That's what made me decide to write the Never book. Letting Go. The book. You know, I'm going to share something with you real quick. And I've told the story on the show before, but I don't think I ever told you. My father died last year in June and I was in Texas and he was in New Mexico and my daughter had FaceTimed me to say, so I could say goodbye. Cause I was, I booked a flight to hoping I would get there the next day. But I said, told him how much I loved him and how much I cared about him. And I went back into the living room and I sat down on the couch with my husband and I looked up and my dad was standing there, but he was young. Yeah. And he, he was young and he had on jeans and a shirt with rolled up sleeves and he did the wave. He did the like, see you later. And that was it. But man, Isn't that wonderful. Well, it changed it, my life. It changed it? my life. Yeah. Cause then when, oh, you I see, bet. <laughs> yeah, when you see it, you know, when you actually see it, you're like, Whoa, what a gift. I looked at it as a gift from God that he gave, he allowed it, me it, it, it truly it, yeah it truly is a gift from god nancy yeah. and yeah. what you just described is is so more widely experienced than people will admit i know uh, and yet people tend to doubt it or they think it's a grief induced hallucination well you're right cuz my family my mom didn't believe me uh, you know, and that hurts when it's your family that... Uh, yeah, that, she didn't believe that, me. She's like, no way. And I'm like, yeah, I really did. So it's hard. You're exactly right when you say that a lot of times people, or they know what happens, but they won't say. Or they give um, you that look. You like know, you're nuts and, or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and it's funny because um, as a medium, and I communicate with spirits, on right. one hand, I have the religious fanatics who love, you know, they claim to be Christians, but you're not a Christian when you have a mouthful of scripture and a heart full of hate and judgment. Okay. That's Bingo. not a Christian. That's right. a religious fanatic. Okay. Right. Right. And then on the other side, you have, you don't have skeptics, you have cynics. Right. Because a skeptic is open-minded, um, and if evidence is produced, will will believe it. Right. But a cynic is just, I don't believe this because my mind is closed. Right. And so it's funny, you know, you got religious nuts on one side and, and uh, atheist uh, uh, cynics on the other, and none of them matter. None of that matters. What matters is making the connection for someone. Bingo. And Nancy brought up an extremely important point, the way your father appeared young and handsome. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. This is not unusual 
in contact experiences and also in near-death experiences when people leave their body, they flatline, they go through the tunnel into the light, and they encounter the spirits of loved ones who've passed. Right. And the reason that their loved ones or your, your dad appeared young is because he was letting you know that he is now pure energy. Yeah. And energy doesn't get old, it doesn't get sick, it doesn't die. And I, I remember encountering my mother uh, and looking young and beautiful. And is that I what she looked like too? Did she look young yeah. when you saw her in the car? Okay. Yeah. Um, no, no. This was another time. Oh, in the another car, time. She was this okay. flash of white light and silver. And, and I was like, in know, awe. In, in awe. And in another yeah. time, actually, it was in a dream and a contact experience okay. where I sat down at this table. And it was really a fascinating dream. Everything in the room was white, the tables, the chairs, but there was this giant window behind my mom and I could see clouds going by. Wow. And there she was in this beautiful black, white, and blue dress. It was like um, splashes of paint, you know? Yeah. And my mother yeah. was an artist and she looked gorgeous and she oh. looked so young. I never saw her that young. My parents had me when they were a bit older. Okay. And I go, mom, you look so young and beautiful. Why, why, why do you, why do you look that way? And she said, because I can. And, and, I, and, you know, and it, even in my dream, I started laughing and I thought, well, yeah, who wouldn't? Right. You know, I mean, if we can all morph into 22-year-old versions of ourselves that were, you know, physically perfect and healthy, mm-hmm. and that's what energy is. Mm-hmm. Because we know from the laws of physics right. that energy is neither created nor destroyed. It is it's only transferred from change. one form to another. Right, exactly. Well, that's so interesting. I love that you're telling these stories to me. You know, and that's why people come to you because they're grieving and they need confirmation. You know, that was my confirmation because I was really close to my dad. That was your confirmation because you were really close to your mom. But sometimes people aren't connected like we are um, because I do meditate and I connect with God every day. That's why it's nice to have people like you that will sit down and, and bring in the loved ones. Don't, I mean, you've got to feel some sense of really helping people when you do that. Absolutely. And what I do during spirit communication, I have to try to remain as objective as possible to convey the information that comes through because sometimes people don't want to hear the messages. I know I was reading uh, that that in your book. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They get all bent out. I was doing a reading the other day and uh, the spirit came through and, and started um, talking about my client's daughter. Uh Okay. Who's alive and well. And I said that she's got allergies and I said, it's okay for her. I go, she's something about her and poodles. She goes, well, she's got a couple poodles. The poodles are okay because they're hypoallergenic. I said, but other types of dogs she can't be around because she's got these allergies, which are contributing to her underlying health conditions. And the client said, well, yeah, she does. She has all these health problems and the doctors can't figure out what it is. She, but she's a dog groomer. So it's not like she's going to, she started arguing with me and I'm like, look, I'm not here to argue with you about um, your daughter's avocation, but the spirits are telling me that she needs to go to an allergist. This is the problem. And, you know, she said, but she doesn't want to give that up. I said, okay, if I tell you that you have lung cancer, yet you continue smoking, how wise is that? Right. You know, and it's nothing about like disliking animals, but if you're allergic to them and they're making you extremely ill. Right. You have to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, listen, we're getting ready to go to commercial break. Um, You guys, I'm here today with Mark Anthony. He's the psychic lawyer. His book that we're talking about today is Never Letting Go, Heal Grief with Help from the Other Side. This is Nancy Yearout. This is High Road to Humanity, and we will be right back. 
Hang on, we have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book a session with Nancy to learn how to tap into your own abilities. Have you ever been in a situation where you needed a miracle? I think most of us probably have. Whether it's a financial emergency, health crisis, or some other serious situation, most of us know the feeling of helplessness and even hopelessness. Now imagine having to wait for a miracle for six months, even a year or more. That's the situation for thousands of children all around the world who are waiting for a sponsor. Their only hope of escaping the poverty around them is someone like you choosing them. This is Nancy Yarrow, and I'm joining with compassion to give you the chance to be the miracle in a child's life. For a little more than a dollar a day, you'll provide the physical, emotional, and spiritual support a child needs, not just to survive poverty, but to be released from poverty in Jesus' name. Don't make a child wait one day longer for their miracle. You can find out more or sponsor a child right now. Just go to my website, nancyyearout.com. That's www.nancyyearout.com. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. Hi, this is Nancy Yearout. This is High Road to Humanity. I'm here today with Mark Anthony. Mark, I'm so glad you came on today so we can talk about some of these things because we don't deal with death well. We, we didn't finish really addressing that. I don't know why. As a society, we're afraid, you know, how can I say this? I'm not afraid to die, but that's because I know better. And I think if people knew better, which is why you wrote this book in a lot of ways, I think, and why I do this show, is that, you know, people will realize that this isn't it. And I think it's nice to, um, to tell them that there is evidence that this isn't it. I think that's extremely important for people to understand because we don't deal with death well because it hurts. It hurts really bad. And, you know, when someone that you love dies, even though we, we may have been raised in a religion or, or some type of belief system, there's the fear that maybe it's not true. Maybe they disintegrated into nothingness and, and that fear of separation. I mean, human beings are very complex uh, beings and love is a very, very strong emotion. Mm-hmm. And our culture is uh, the, I'd say the European and the North American cultures are rather almost ridiculous because we ignore, we pretend. I know, that's we what I'm avoid saying. avoid yeah. that death 
actually happens. Yeah. Well, but when you get to a point where you kind of start to know all this stuff like I do, and I help people pass to go to the light, that's something that I do. I don't do so much what you do. They just come to me and I help them go to the light. And I guess there's a name for me. Somebody tell me that I, there's like a psycho pump or something that I do that I take people there. But, uh, but the thing is, once you're connected with God and you realize that there is an afterlife, I guess I just want to say, I'm happy for my dad. Like I'm happy because he couldn't walk. And then he was standing there, you know, young and strong and he wasn't sick anymore. So in a lot of ways they've changed my views and I wish we could get to that point as a society, if that makes sense. Well, uh, yes. Yes. I wish we could. Um, but that's you know, where I'm at. Yeah. Well, we also have to be very careful. Like earlier when you were talking about current events and I don't want to get political, but, right. um, um, Think about if you lived in a country like Iran, Saudi Arabia, or under the Taliban, okay. where you are required by law to be a member of a faith and to believe a certain way. Right. Oh, and by the way, people like you and I would be beheaded, right. okay, because they consider that sorcery. And um, I think that it is best to keep religion and politics separate. I agree. Um, uh, and I'm going to put in my plug, religious liberty laws are a travesty and a violation of the First Amendment separation of church and state because it's not just Christians who will take advantage of these laws. Mm -hmm. And the people that want, there, there's a reason that the founders of this country realized there had to be separation of church and state because they had viewed the last thousand years of European history right. being one religious war after the next. Right, the Christians and the... the Christians, right. the Muslims, the Christians yeah, the and Christians and the Catholics and, right. and, and all this and how every um, country in Europe with the possible exception of Holland had a monarch slash religious head of state. Now in England, it was uh, the, the king who's also the head of the church in England, but in France and Spain and Portugal and every other principality, there was a ruler and then um, a religious head of state as well. So when you have religion shoved down your throat at the point of a gun, it ceases to be about faith. So, but we as a society, have this freedom, which is a very precious thing. Right. And we need to, and it's also a very fragile thing. Right. You know, we're, we're you know, America's the great experiment. I mean, this is an idea and ideas can be, can be terminated, but be that as it may, it's important for us as a society to realize that life continues beyond the material. We're always going to have the Newtonian reductionist materialists, and this is one of the lectures that I give. I love Sir Isaac Newton. He invented physics and calculus and all these really, you know, brainiac right. things. Right. Um, but he also set the tone for the scientific community, or at least a big portion of it, to think that everything can be observed, and if it can't be observed, therefore it doesn't exist. Right. And so therefore there's no afterlife. And yet with the advent of quantum physics in the 20th century, we began to see that there were things even smaller than atoms. There was electrons, protons, neutrons, and on a smaller level than quanta. Um, and that everything on its most basic level is energy. Mm -hmm. so, so now we know, and, and a lot of quantum physicists 
are coming forward and explaining that eternal life does not violate the laws of physics. Right. Rather, it is in conformity with it. So I think with that understanding, it helps us to realize that someone that meant so much to you did not disintegrate into the void, mm -hmm. but they have their consciousness, their soul, their spirit, whatever you want to call that which makes us who we are, is electromagnetic energy right. and does survive physical death. Right. They've just changed. They've just gone to a different dimension and they've changed how their form is. They're not in the physical body, you know, and, and it's true. I'd love to see uh, where the scientists and we're getting there. I really feel like we're getting there. I have a lot of scientists that come on to the show and uh, I had Maurice Cattarell come on not too long ago from Ireland and we talked about this and the energy and all of it. And it's, I think we're getting there. I really do. Don't you, Mark? Do you think we're getting closer? Oh, absolutely. Um, I yeah. work with, uh, I speak uh, fairly regularly at the International Association of Near-Death Studies. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah. and I, I work with and I know the scientists that study survival of consciousness, the afterlife, and NDEs, near-death experiences. Mm -hmm. And it, for the past 40-plus years, since Dr. Raymond Moody coined the term near-death experience, uh, which is when somebody dies, they leave their body, their consciousness remains intact, and uh, they go through a tunnel, and they encounter the light and deceased loved ones, and then they return. And these have been studied worldwide, and it doesn't matter what religion, ethnic background, orientation, uh, right. faith or not faith, people, I mean, there's, it, they're all very, very similar. And this in and of itself is, is proof that consciousness survives physical death. Right. So, we, so we're having it examined through near-death experience. And then there's also people like my friend and colleague, Dr. Gary Schwartz, who's working on technology to communicate with spirits. Right. So yeah, I think I think you're right, Nancy. Uh, we are we're within it's within our grasp. I think so. I really do. And I, you know, I wrote my book on energy. Wake up, the universe is speaking to you. And I've always believed in the power of energy. We all are energy, and we just have to look at things a little differently. Um, so I don't know. I want to talk really quick about you, you talked about faith, and faith to me is just really important because it's something that you can't see. It's believing in something you can't see. And and you were talking in your book, a friend of yours, Joe, said you have to have faith in God um, to carry through the times of darkness because God never abandons us. And I think if we could just get back to that, whether whatever religion you are, to know that there's a higher power up there that doesn't abandon us and does love us unconditionally. I think if we could just get that point across to people. Can you talk about that a little? Oh, absolutely. I think it's important to have a belief system. And, you know, a lot of people, wh where things go wrong is when, well, my way is the only way. Right. Uh, okay. And, you know, it's, it, I was lecturing to a group of, uh, a group of people and they're like half the audience was African American. And I looked at them and said, we all know God's an erotic white guy sitting on a throne, smiting people with a scepter, right? <laughs> and, and then they start, I mean, everyone in the room started laughing. Uh -huh. and that, you know, there's this conception that 
God as some type of white European king. Yeah. But for people who actually believe that, I mean, it's okay if they, they want to believe that, but what we're dealing with when, when we talk about the divine power or people refer to as God is this infinite intelligence energy which mm-hmm. binds and connects all of us. Mm-hmm. And that's very difficult for the human mind, or rather it's impossible. The human mind simply cannot grasp or process infinity. It is beyond our capability, and there's various reasons for that. But the human mind did not create the soul or consciousness. Right. It's like a computer hard drive that merely hosts it, and when the hard drive crashes, it moves, it moves on. on. Right. right. And so for various reasons, we are living in the material world and limited to finite perception because we can experience things in this state that we can't in an infinite state. No, I'm going to stop you. I believe that we are here experiencing for God because God can't experience. What do you believe? Do you believe that? Well, I believe that we're all cells in the body of God so that what we all experience is being experienced by God. Yes. And that's why we're all energetically interlinked. That's why we're all connected. Right. 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 And so people put a human face on God so that you can relate, relate. To it, right, you know? right, and yeah. it's in, it's fascinating the way Judaism and Islam it is an abomination to sin, a beheading offense, um, in in some radical uh, Islamic uh, you know, sectors, um, to to make any type of depiction of God, um, but but for most religions like Hinduism, Buddhism, Christianity, and several mm-hmm. others. There's been depictions in art of God because, in other words, you know, was Jesus God on earth? Some people believe he was, others right. don't. Right. Because it's easier for us to relate to a, a person. person. Right. Yeah, there's this super wonderful, healing, beautiful, loving guy um, who, who told the world about peace and love and understanding, yet so many of his followers do the exact opposite. Right. Um, I never, never quite understood that. Right. Um, um, but, but, um, and in, in Hinduism, it's interesting because I know a lot of Hindus and I've right. studied it extensively. And I'm like, well, you believe in several gods. And I'm like, do we? Yeah. Or are they different manifestations of the same energy? Of the same thing. Hey, we're getting ready to go to commercial break. But before we do, I want to read something out of your book. You say the Hindus believe when you look into the eyes of someone you love who loves you back, you are catching a glimpse of God. I thought that was really, really cool. Really, really neat. Thanks for sharing that in the book. Hey, you guys, this is Nancy Yearout. This is High Road to Humanity. I'm here today with Mark Anthony. His book is Never Letting Go, and we will be right back. Hang on. We have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book your first 30-minute coaching session for free to get you on your high road. Do you struggle with knowing the right food for your lifestyle? Is there really a one right way to eat? As a chronic dieter, I was always so confused by the food rules and the fad diets. Where to even start? That's why I decided to go into health coaching. As your health coach, I will help you find the solution that is right for you. I will help you find balance. Unlike most dietitians and nutritionists, I focus on a whole person approach, not just food. I address stress, sleep patterns, underlying root issues, and so many other contributing factors to health. 
And as a mental illness survivor, I love talking about ways to fire up brain health. If you're interested in learning more and maybe even a complimentary consultation, contact me at www.sparkingwholeness.com or message me on Instagram through the handle sparkingwholeness. And now let's get back to the show. We will be right back on High Road to Humanity. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or download directly from Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, so you never miss an episode of The High Road. Hi, this is Nancy Yearout back here with Mark Anthony. Mark, I love our conversations because you, you get all this stuff and it's so fun to talk to you. <laughs> it's, it's really interesting. Like, likewise. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. Um, t- thank you. Talk about angels because we all have one. And my biggest thing that I always tell people, so I wanted you to address it because you're so knowledgeable. Um, we all have angels, but you have to ask. That's my biggest thing. You got to ask. You got to talk to him. Can you address the whole angel situation? Well, the first time I encountered angels, I was four years old and it was when I died. I had a near-death experience. I remember. Tell the audience. Um, well, it's, I, I, uh, I was very, very sick. Okay. My family was living in Orlando. My dad was a Navy SEAL and a NASA engineer. Um, and so he was away on business. And uh, my mom took me to the doctor and I had impetigo, which was going around and, and normally it's okay. You know, you take the child home, you put them in a bath, keep the fever down. But what the doctor didn't realize is I had septicemia and Ooh. which was an infection of the blood and my, my fever kept skyrocketing. Mom couldn't get it down. And then I started going in convulsions and stopped breathing. Oh, wow. And she ran out front of the house and was screaming, God, you know, help me, help me. And my brother had run across the street, um, the neighbor there was a fireman and he happened to be home and he runs across. And so he's doing compressions on my chest and, and then my sister had called an ambulance and they get me in the ambulance and, and uh, they slammed the door, you know, they mom jumped in, slammed the door and it, slammed on the oxygen hose oh yes so I then remember you know, yeah and the paramedics trying to get me oxygen and I and the next thing I know I'm flying through the roof of the ambulance and I'm watching it go um down the highway and, and even at four I mean I knew what numbers were and I could read to some extent and I was wondering why there were numbers on the top of the ambulance and then the next thing I know I'm surrounded by these beautiful beautiful entities and um, what they look like, what they look like, Mark, like Academy Awards, except not gold, but clear. And okay. they glowed from the inside out. Okay. And in, in subsequent readings that I've done in my work as a medium, I now know those to be angels. That's what they look like. Right. And they were around me and they were very sweet and very gentle. And they kept telling me that everything will be fine. And then the light got even brighter. And I heard the words, eternal light, eternal life. And meanwhile, in the ambulance, 
the uh, EMT told my mother, he says, he's going to die unless we get the, the, that hose free. And she said, I'll do it. So she cranks open the door. He's got her by the waist. He's holding on to, uh, you know, the, the inside of the ambulance. She gets her foot, she yanks it in, and all of a sudden they get the air going. And meanwhile, I'm in this euphoric, beautiful place, and, and the, the angelic entities are, wow. are loving me. And all of a sudden, I'm shocked I, back into reality when I hear clear and they hit me with defibrillator paddles. Mm -hmm. And so they got me breathing again. And uh, I remember uh, hours later in the hospital and they had me on all these IV um, antibiotics and the fever started coming down. And I started, you know, my dad had flown in from Huntsville um, where he'd been in business. And, and I'm asking my parents, what does eternal mean? Oh I yeah, I remember you saying that eternal yeah. for a four-year-old to ask their parents what eternal. Yeah, they were looking yeah. at. I remember they looked at each other and they looked at me, and um, and my dad said I was always difficult as a child because I I would always ask difficult questions. Right. You know, I wasn't one of these goo goo gaga baby talk. I remember I had to go to the doctor once, and they were trying to get me to you know, and and they were talking to me and baby talking. I'm staring at them, and the doctor says, "There's something wrong with your son." And she goes, "Don't talk to Mark that way. Just tell him what you want." Right. You know, and then I would ask <laughs> questions about what are you testing for and all this. And so my parents said, you know, from this young age you start. And then after the NDE, they said, you know, um, we realized we couldn't we couldn't make things up. I mean, it's it's like funny. When, <laughs> You know, I think That's I was like six, six or seven, and I found a geography book, and I was reading it, and it said how the polar ice caps would recede during the summer, and I concluded, therefore, that Santa's castle must then sink into the ice. Oh, no! Armed with my geography book, I confront my parents, and I'm going through, and I remember they were, like, trying not to laugh, you know, I'm like, oh, my gosh. You would have me believe, you know, and, and so that's how I discovered. <laughs> Santa, oh my, but Santa, Santa Claus is real. Come on, come on. Well, that's Santa, cool. it, well, that's a whole nother. That's uh, a whole nother show. show. <laughs> I, I, I do a whole lecture series. Oh my um, God, Mark, do you really? Mysteries. Yeah, I do ancient mysteries. Oh, but I have cool. one about on uh, the, the Christmas season and I get into what the uh, Star of Bethlehem really was was this un unusual astrological alignment. It's been verified by the Astrophysics Department right, right. of Notre Dame and of Rutgers. Hey, wait a minute. And the three wise men were psychic in my mind. Well, they were um, the Magi, which yeah. is the root word of magician, but the yeah. Magi were the bureaucrats of the Parthian slash Persian Empire. And they were schooled in divination, mm -hmm. astrology, and astronomy, which in the ancient world were essentially one and the same. Right. And so for Magi or Magians, as they were called uh, collectively, it was, it was okay to, to be, um, to exhibit what we call psychic ability. So, so psychics have been advising people for centuries, but right. St. Nicholas was a very real person. And in a sense, he really did come down the chimney. Okay. So do we have to have you back for Christmas, Mark Anthony? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh my God. So I'll leave that teaser. I love it. I love it. I love it. I have a question. You have a lot of brothers and sisters and you're the youngest, right? One of each. I have one of each. Yeah. Okay. Older, older brother, older oh, sister. Yeah. Older sister. Are they psychic? Um, yes. They're intuitive. I'm the medium. 
Okay. okay. Uh, but uh, both of them exhibit uh, a lot of psychic ability. It's funny because like, I'll be with my sister and we'll be talking about my brother and also the phone rings and it's him. He goes, right. what I are you guys you. talking about? Yeah. Well, actually, we were just talking about you, you know? Uh, and uh, uh, premonitions. I remember one time I was on the phone with my brother and he goes, God, I got this really terrible feeling something bad's going to happen to my son like he's going to get cut or something i go that's really weird and all of a sudden i hear in the back dad i cut myself up. you know he was outside sawing something in the oh my slipped and it sliced his hand my brother's like gotta go and and so so our whole life uh, has has been like that you know and it's always you get the snarky people what if we give you lottery numbers as if right. we don't ask right. you know and, and <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't work like that. It really doesn't. It doesn't work like that because it's not supposed to work like Correct. that. Correct. Because right. if I'm supposed to win the lottery, then I'm going to win it. Right. Okay. Right. Um, but uh, this ability is not to be used. The other side, they look at material possessions without any interest at all. Correct. And, and that's how we should look at it too, actually, Mark. I want to I want to ask <laughs> yeah. you something. Yeah, right. We should look at it like that too. I want to ask you something really quick. You're talking about um, being psychic and knowing things. And um, I have over over the years, I've always um, dealt with different psychics and I've become more and more psychic over the years myself. But I've also seen, and I won't mention any names, different psychics who seem to have lost their abilities because maybe they use them, and I've really seen this, in the improper way, like they charged too much money or said things they shouldn't have said. What's your feeling on that? Because that, that, I've seen that happen over the years. Um, and it, um, it goes along those lines, what we're talking about. You use your power yeah, for um, good and not for evil, you know? Yeah, I'm aware of some of the people you're talking about. Mm, I know, about. I, think, I know. Uh, we don't uh, ever yeah. bring that up, but... Well, no, because they have, have their mission and life, it, there's no mistakes in life. However, there are lessons. Correct. And lessons will be repeated until they are learned. So the people who are taking this ability, which is to be used to help um, humanity. individuals, humanity, yeah. um, and they use it for, for strictly personal gain, perhaps the lesson they're being presented with is a block. And, you know, you're, you're very, very wise in the ways of energy. Yes. And desire, angst, avarice, materialism is an energetic block. Right. You brought up a fascinating story about seeing your father right after he passed looking young and beautiful. Now, the reason that you did is because you did not try or expect for it to happen. Therefore, right. there was no deflector shield. Right. And a lot of people come to me and they say, well, I want to hear from, you know, my, my father. And why doesn't he come to me? And I, you know, and what it is, they're desperate and, and they certainly are desirous of the contact and they absolutely love uh, the person. person. But yeah. by the angst, the desire, the pain without intending to. They're, They're raising the deflector shield. Yeah, I like to use the Star Wars, Star Trek analogy of shields up, okay? Because we, <laughs> well, we've all seen that. And once yeah. again, it's energy. Yeah. So we want to lower deflector shields. Oh, and yeah. so one of the things that I tell people is, okay, certainly when you're, when you're ready, you, you come to a legitimate medium. Or if you, you want that contact experience yourself, instead of saying, I want you to come to me, change the focus of the energy to, I invite you into my dreams. I go. welcome a sign for you and then leave it at that. Because if you constantly, I want, I want, I want, I want, it's not going to happen. You're pushing the energy away. 
Exactly. And yeah. it's difficult because you want that. And, and so when that happens, um, you'll start, you'll start getting the dreams or you'll start noticing the, the signs and the nuances. And that's one of the, the chapters in Never Letting Go is, mm -hmm. is about contact experiences. Yeah. And what to look for. And that, that's important for people on the journey through grief is to be aware because they will reach out to you. I know. Yes. And let's talk, let's talk about that. Let's talk about some of the ways they reach out when we come back from commercial break. Hey, you guys, we've got to go to commercial break here. And Mark, what's the way people can get in contact with you? And I'm really sorry I didn't say that earlier. How can people book an appointment with you? Well, if they go to my website, evidenceofeternity.com, or okay. since we're mentioning my book, neverlettinggo.com, because they'll okay. both go to the same domain. Okay. Um, and if they mention Nancy Yearout, and or High Road to Humanity, you will qualify for a reduced fee reading. I'm Ooh. making this available as a gift to your to your uh, listeners. Thank you. Um, but please make sure you click on phone reading and not contact Mark. Because people go to contact Mark and they go, well, how much is a reading? How much is this? How, 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 how? And if you click on phone reading, it will explain all of that and answer most of your questions because okay. you know some people may not want to do this other people will okay. so if you'd like to be eligible for a reduced fee reading evidence of eternity.com and in the application form you have to mention Nancy's name or yes. high road to humanity how exciting hey you guys there you go so make sure you uh go to his website and check out his book it's never letting go this is nancy you're out this is high road to humanity and we will be right back Hang on, we have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book your first 30 minutes coaching session for free to get you on your high road. Join the millions of women each month who listen to Wise Health for Women Radio. Women are pressed daily to give more, learn more, and be more, often at the expense of mind, body, or spirit. Join us for revitalizing conversations on fresh ways to view your limited time, encouraging new, healthier perspectives. You provide a special spark to those around you, and you manage many roles. Entrepreneur, mom, wife, coach, friend, daughter, and more. Here's a great way to inspire and nurture you. On Wise Health for Women Radio, host Linda Crater and her amazing guests share how to move toward your wishes and dreams and find what is possible in your busy life. If not today, then when? Take steps to flourish over 40. Join us on Wise Health for Women Radio, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, on iTunes, and more at wisehealthforwomenradio.com. Helping women thrive. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. Hi, this is Nancy Yerald. This is High Road to Humanity. I'm here today with Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer. Hey, you know, let's talk about some of the signs, Mark, that people um, leave. I always find pennies always i'm one of these penny finders or i will hear a song because my sister always sang and she's 
path several years ago, and then I know it's her. That's my way of knowing it's her. I'll hear a song that, because she was a singer and she would play piano. So talk to the audience about some of those different things that like I'm mentioning. Oh, the, there, there are several different types. Dreams certainly are one of the most popular forms. And that's because first off, you're in a relaxed physical and hopefully mental state. <laughs> okay. And that we've got five different brainwave frequencies. Uh, there's beta and um, beta now has a subgroup of gamma. I don't want to get into that. But anyway, you go from alpha to uh, beta to alpha to theta on the alpha theta border is when brainwave frequency, your brainwave frequency begins to rise and spirits are able to spot that and they align theirs and you get a frequency match. Got it. And that's why, you know, and even the Bible, you know, which, in which uh, the stone throwing religious fanatics say is against divination, except it's filled with prophetic dreams um, <laughs> uh, and, and examples of that. Um, because this is probably the most accepted uh, form of spirit contact. People say, I had a dream and, and uh, my child came to me and I knew that it was her mm -hmm. because, because you are getting the direct contact. And you'll know that it is a contact experience in the sleep state because dreams have that surrealistic, nonsensical quality, whereas a contact experience has a beginning, a middle, and an end and it's coherent, and when you come out of it, you feel like I was just talking to, to my loved one because you okay. were. Right. Then there are all sorts of little signs, like, like you said, pennies. Well, the question is, do these spirits make the penny materialize there, or do they direct your attention to it, you see it, immediately think of them, because it's all part of a, what I call a frequency beacon, which mm -hmm. is uh, one of the chapters in my second book, Evidence of Eternity, uh, because I, I explain it, um, um, how spirits will send us frequency beacons, and frequency beacons are pretty, pretty complex, but very common. For example, you're driving in your car, you suddenly start thinking of your mom, you turn on the radio, and there's that song. Right. That makes you think of her. Do you right. think you just turned the, the radio on by happen chance? No, that's a frequency beacon. Spirits are tuned into frequency. They know that song is playing. Uh, mom pops in, motivates you to turn on the radio, and voila, there it is. Okay. And so frequency beacons work both ways. You can be grieving excessively, and it will draw a spirit to you, or you, uh, a spirit will send an impulse to you such as to look in a certain direction or people say a lot that, Oh, I see Cardinals. I see, you know, red birds. Yeah, I do too. I see yellow yeah. birds and Cardinals quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the spirits will also direct your attention in that general direction of the right. bird. Right. And also think about it. They're always picking bright, you know, things. Yeah. Like so you can see it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they pick like, you know, a camouflaged creature, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, like, yeah, they're picking a chameleon that turned, you know, the color of the leaves it's in. But yeah. um, they, they will do things like that. Right. Um, then there's going to be the direct experience like you had, where you actually see for, for just an instant. Mm -hmm. You know, we'd like them to come in and sit down and have lunch with us. But um, what happens is it takes a lot of energy on their part 
to, to do, do that. This. Yeah. And now, yeah. can I ask you a question? And, and I felt this, well, I know what it is, but I want to talk about it because people don't talk about it. I, my dad used to always grab my toe when I was in bed when I was a little kid. And so now since he's been gone every once in a while, I'll feel my toe and I feel the energy on my toe. And I just know that's my dad because that I can relate to that. Have you heard that before? Absolutely. All the time. Right. Um, there's a frequency beacon right there. Okay. Yeah. Your dad used to pull your toe. Well, you're feeling that because he's sending that impulse yeah. that your electrical system and your nervous system is picking up on. Right. So I know it's him. Hey, I want to know, I know you help a lot of people and you probably help a lot of grieving parents who've lost children. Can you address that a little bit? The reason I'm taking a breath is there are no words to express the agony and the pain that a parent experiences at the death of a child. And uh, I do a lot of work with the organization Helping Parents Heal, which is, which is wonderful because it's by parents who've lost children, for parents who've lost children, but unlike other organizations where it's a pity party and everyone sits around. I mean, I've been to grief support groups for parents and they're sitting there showing pictures of their kids and talking about them as if they're still alive. Now, I certainly understand the sentimentality of wanting to do that, but acceptance is a very, very important part of getting through the journey through grief. And what I like about Helping Parents Heal is that the founder, Elizabeth Boisson, she told me that you can heal from the death of a child. She, that doesn't mean you get over it, but you right. can heal. Yeah and accepting the reality of, of the physical death. But the other nice thing about, about that is they firmly advocate spirit communication. And long before I ever you know, be, um, started working with them, I've always, well, that's the whole point of mediumship. It's an important therapeutic step in the journey through grief. Right. And so it's not a substitute for the physicality of of the person being here because I know a lot of people they they get a reading and then they want another reading the next week and another reading and I won't do that I, I say you have to wait four better six months in between readings because you can't substitute obsessing you're, you're obsessing right. I saw something um, I won't say where but I saw something extremely unhealthy about a year and a half ago right. um, where I was at this, um, speaking of butterflies, so I was at a butterfly pavilion, and there was this couple there. They looked like they were in their early to mid-30s, and they had this doll of a, like, a, looked like a, about a, a year and a half, two-year-old girl, and they kept positioning her, taking pictures, and, oh, she likes this, and she likes that, and I say, oh, do you sell those? The one goes, no, it's mine, it's mine, and the husband goes, mind your own business. She, we lost a child, and, and she's, she was treating the doll. Like it was the child. Like it was the child. And every psychologist, every grief counselor, every behaviorist that I've talked to said that is about as unhealthy right. a thing as you can do. Yeah. Because, you know, some people will surrogate therapy. No, you have to deal with reality. Right. Okay. That, that's yeah. a piece of cloth and stuffing. That is not your child. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. You know, I had Joe McQuillan on my show a couple times, and Joe lost his son. I don't know if you're familiar with him. And he wrote a book about his son who um, passed. And um, one thing he started to do, which I thought was quite good, is he does like automatic writing. So he's not constantly going to a psychic. He does more meditation. He connects with him now himself. And he, he just writes what he feels that he wants to say to him. Um, do you recommend that? 
Certainly. Um, on my website, evidenceofeternity.com, there's a section entitled Grief Management. Okay. And if you go there, there are several different coping techniques, and I call them coping strategies. Okay. And I call it grief management, you know, because there's no cure for grief. It's part of the right. human condition. Right. And um, uh, there's also a section that people who should go to, even if you haven't lost somebody, but know, know a person who does, it's the 10 things to say to someone in grief and the 10 things to not say oh, to wow. someone in grief. Okay. And you don't say to a parent who lost a child, well, you can always have another child. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I have, I've actually seen people say things like that or, well, you're young, you can meet somebody else or she was really old or they had to get, <laughs> oh my gosh. yeah, you know, and, and the thing is the people that say stuff like this for the most part, I'd say 99% of the time, they don't mean it to be hurtful. Right. But they don't think, but they don't, they don't think and they don't yeah. know what to say. And then <laughs> right. I get the things that you should say, like, you know what oh, I always God. loved about your mom? She was so funny. Uh, oh, she yeah. would tell the best story, tell a happy story or just say, you know, she was really nice. Or tell them, I wish I knew what to say. Right. But don't say something like, yeah, like that. Yeah. Oh, she's in a better place. Oh, don't ever tell someone. Yes, they are in a better place energetically and all that. And I get it. But you don't tell somebody who lost a loved one that the person that was so precious to them is in a better place. Yeah. And, you know, we need to be schooled on that because I I have, and even though I know this stuff sometimes, it's tough. Um, My daughter um, lost her father, my ex-husband, not too long ago. And it's hard because being spiritual, I think I said something to her like that, you know, he is in a better place because I know he's in a better place, but you're right. To the other person, it just seems cold and callous and you're not even realizing. I think we just don't realize what we're supposed to say sometimes, you know? Exactly. And sometimes don't say anything, just hug them right. or say, if you need to talk, I'm here. Right. Because everyone says, if there's anything I can do, say, look, do you want me to go to the store and pick up some groceries? There you um, go. Do you want me to do something for you around the house and let them know I am only a phone call away. Okay. Um, people need to know that they're not alone, that somebody cares. And, you know, you can say, um, um, you know, you and your family will be in my thoughts and prayers. That's more comforting than, well, they're in a better place. And the worst thing is, I know. well, you know, um, he kind of brought it down on himself with his drinking. Uh, I've heard people say those things. I actually heard, um, I wrote about this woman in my book, Never Letting Go, uh, Vicky Rios Martinez. Her, her little boy was, was horribly um, raped and murdered by a serial killer. And a year after her son, Junie, died, somebody actually said to her, well, it's been a year now. Aren't you over it yet? Wow. How did we get so unfeeling? How did we get so uncompassionate? We need to bring the compassion back, don't we, Mark? Empathy is not a bad thing. And I want to speak to your male listeners for a moment. Okay. Men are got about two minutes. Men are socialized not to cry. Crying is actually healthy for you because recent studies have found tears of grief contain the neurotransmitters, the actual chemicals that cause depression. Crying gets it out of your body. Crying is healthy. Okay. We have tear ducts, hearts, and feelings for a reason, guys. Do it privately. Do it in your man cave, your car somewhere parked and far away from everyone and cry because it will actually get the depression chemically physically and emotionally out of you. 
Wow, that is wonderful advice. Gosh, Mark, thank you. That's really fantastic advice. Hey, we got to go. We got to get out of here today. But Mark's book is Never Letting Go, Heal Grief with Help from the Other Side. If you're watching me on YouTube, I'm holding it up today. Mark, tell everybody how they can get in contact with you one more time. Neverlettinggo.com. And make sure if you apply for a reading that you mention Nancy's name and High Road to Humanity, you will qualify for a reduction in the fee for a reading. Um, um, and I look forward to returning Nancy and I want to thank you for having me on the show and to everyone who's coping with the loss of a loved one. You're not alone. You're not alone. God bless you. Wow. Thank you so much. Hey, you guys, God bless everybody. Have a terrific week. This is Nancy. You're all, this is High Road to Humanity and I'll see you next week. Take care. Keep the motion. Can achieve your goal. Let's hit the high road. Hey, you guys, join me next week on The High Road for more stories filled with wisdom, love, and hope for our future. Have a fabulous week and know that by staying on The High Road, you will make it to your destination. Visit my website, nancyyearout.com, where you can book a private session to learn how to tap into your own abilities. And check out my YouTube channel. It's Nancy Yearout's High Road to Humanity. you can achieve your goal, let's hit the high road.